This is First Strike, written by Andy Jones, narrated by the author. It was still busy, mostly people leaving for the night. I could blend in. Invisible. Security, seven men, one woman. Two of them yawned in the last five minutes. Standard security pattern, lazy. By the numbers, there wouldn't be any trouble. Lay of the land established, time to move in. Was checked by the security officer on the front desk. Quick go over with the wand, briefcase inspected, clear. Can I get your name, sir? Tobias Saunders. I have a six o'clock with Mr. Roberts. Happy to wait, I'm a few minutes early. Yeah, I see your appointment here, sir. Please, head right up. You have to wait if Mr. Roberts is not ready to see you. I mean, you know... Ah, that's not a problem. Happy to wait. Thank you. I was escorted to the elevators, but they didn't ride up inside with me. Just pushed the button, scanned a car to grant access to the penthouse suite and left me to it. There would be more of them waiting when I got up there. Two cameras in the elevator. Both on me. My man Steve said there was no cameras in the penthouse itself. What Mr. Roberts got up to in there, he didn't want anyone to see. Steve was never wrong about these things, so the plan should be straightforward. I was searched again once I got into the 48th floor. No one spoke. Briefcase was checked again. A little more thoroughly this time, but only a little. Bald guard who frisked me. Bulk in the side of his jacket, I glanced. Uh, standard Glock 17. Didn't say a word, just gestured to the main door. Looked like it was titanium, reinforced. Two other goons on the door. They only opened up when I was two seconds away. Closed it right behind me. A grand two-story high lobby. Imposing. For some, roaring fireplace, several doors leading to a kitchen, living room, various bedrooms, study, and other areas. A door on the far left opened. There he was, Charles Roberts, or at least that's the name he went by. Overweight, balding, gold robe, wet from the jacuzzi. I'd seen the floor plans in detail. Mr. Saunders, uh, Tobias, is it? Please, call me Toby, Mr. Roberts. <laughs> then you can call me Charles. Please, sit. No need to stand on ceremony. You like the place? Yes, quite impressive. Hmm, smaller than my one in Moscow. I'm sorry I didn't catch you there. No matter. This fitted in with some of my other business plans. Hmm, well, I'm sure you're busy. I don't want to keep you. How much are you looking to invest? 190 has discussed. It'll come from various sources. I have the documentation here. Uh, hang on. I open my briefcase. Just push the papers past and over each other. I only needed enough time to unclip the porcelain pieces from the edges of the case's interior. Connect the pieces. Load the 9mm round without him seeing it. Oh no, don't worry too much about the details. I have people who will go through that with you. The important part is to understand your returns and risk level. But with an investment like this, I think you'll find... Um, 
Sorry, Charles. You've come to kill me. But they'll hear you. It's silenced. And who sent you? Your friend from London. Oh. So there's uh, no point in me pleading for my life then. Wait, 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 wait. Just, just, just tell him I'm sorry. I quickly deconstructed the pistol. Every piece back where it belonged. They might search me on the way out. With a mid-level crew like this, it was a 50-50 chance. Took a photo of the body and sent the encrypted message to control. I was heading towards the door when I got a response. Efficient, as always. Received. Payment made. Get back to London ASAP. New assignment waiting. Steve Bradfield was waiting for me at arrivals. Cardboard sign with Troy Graham penned in Sharpie. You're right, mate. Good flight. Why bring a sign with my actual name on it? Well, I was hardly going to use one that said Tobias Saunders, was I? I'm sure associates of the unfortunate Mr. Roberts will have realised that's not your name by now, but they could still be looking out for you. So, what's up with control? Why did I need to get back so quickly? Um, aren't you forgetting something, mate? Um, all oh, right, here you go. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, that's what I'm talking about, the good stuff. You're on a one-way trip to diabetes, you know that. Well, I was going to share some, but if you're going to be like that about it... Yeah, you know. You've got your chocolate. Now, what's Control want? Oh, bloody hell, he's breaking my bollocks this week. He's got info on a priority one target. Wants you to move in on it right away. I mean, no time to dick about. I'm taking you straight to the office, if that's okay. Of course. Come on. The warehouse district, where my office was based, was one of those parts of London's Docklands that always looks like it's about to get redeveloped, but they never get round to it. A less attractive spot compared to other parts around here. It was ignored. Neglected. It was perfect for me. Right, so this seems pretty straightforward. Not sure exactly what the urgency is, though. Yeah, I don't deal with the why, mate, just the how. Though I have issues with this one. And I suppose you'll have to speak to Control about the... Yeah, speak of the devil. Control. Troy, thank you for completing the last assignment to the letter. As predicted, you were halfway home before anyone had even gone in to check on our man in the penthouse last night. Charles said he was sorry. Well, you've seen the details about your next target. Yes, uh, Christopher Crichton, arms dealer based here in London. Yes, sorry for depriving you of your usual rest time, but this one is urgent. He's about to negotiate a deal which my client does not want to go ahead. Your man, Mr. Bradfield, has the details. Sniper job, tomorrow night. He'll be in a ballroom with a number of dignitaries. We'll place you in the rafters. Don't hurt anyone else when you're there. Some of these people are friends of ours. Understood. The additional rush fee will be added, of course. Now, rest up. 
Big night tomorrow. Good luck. So what did Control say? I never like how he calls me Troy, but you're Mr. Bradfield. Well, that's because he knows who's the real brains of the operation here, that's why. I'm not sure. Come on, mate, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not sure about this target, this Christopher Crichton. Hmm, seems pretty standard to me. Stock in trade, right? Well, look at your own data here, Steve. He's too small time. Why put me on this? Especially for a rush job. Yeah, yeah, look, I'm not gonna lie. I've thought the same thing. There's half a dozen others in the city who would do a basic like this just as well, no offence, none taken. And for a hell of a lot less, just to prevent a sort of arms deal that happens every day. I mean, yeah, it doesn't add up. You know, we can say no to this. Say you're too weary after the last job. No. Control wants him gone, so he's gone. I'll do it. Alright, you're the boss. It's just, um... What? It's just what? Well, look, this is just you and me talking, right? I worry. I'm paid to worry. But Control's behaviour is too... erratic recently. I mean, nothing makes sense. I've worked up some information on him. On who? Control. And I think we need to at least consider the possibility... We shouldn't overstep here, Steve. This is a dangerous path. I don't want to know. Yeah, 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 I hear you. But please, just read this. No, we have a job to do. If we start doubting control, we'll land in all sorts of trouble. I'd been in position for about 30 minutes. I needed to get there early, in case I encountered any issues. There were none. It was as easy as it gets. Too easy for someone at my level. People were gathering in the ballroom below, the great and the good, dressed to the nines. No idea what was about to go down. I'd quadrupled checked my rifle while I was up there, just needed to screw on the silencer from the case. There was something else in the sleeve, a USB stick. It must have been Steve. He had brought up his concerns about control a few times last night. It was like once I finally told him I thought the job was unusual, it gave him permission to start pushing all the concerns he had with control. He wouldn't push unless he was really worried, I knew that. I pocketed the USB stick. I'd look at it and I'd talk to him about it all once the job was over. Now wasn't the right time to fill my head with speculation. I had a job to do. And there he was, the target from the pictures. I'd seen his face a hundred times from a hundred angles, no mistake, Christopher Crichton. I screwed on the silencer and aimed down the barrel. It was too easy. Indoors, I was hidden in the rafters with a perfect view. He'd never see me, no wind to worry about. I was hidden, but I was close. He was sitting away from other people, clean with no one else unharmed, just like Control asked for. Safety catch off. Breathing Control. Just one more second. Then I felt it. Unmistakable. The cold steel up against the back of my neck. Short, semi-automatic pistol. 
it was a silencer. And who are you? No words. I only had one chance to take. You know, if you're going to get that close to me, then you should have already cocked the hammer back first. I don't know if they had or not, but it was a chance. Maybe they'd look away from me for a second, check their own pistol, see if the hammer was in the correct position. That split second glance away would be all I needed. Turned and whacked them hard with my right fist. The gun fell between the rafters, a silenced Beretta. The would-be assassin was a woman, long dark hair, all in black. I smacked her in the face with the butt of my rifle and she reeled back. More than enough time for me to pick up her own pistol and point it back at her. She looked up at me. I made a show of cocking back the hammer. Like that. Now, let's talk about- Her lifeless body fell between the rafters. I searched her quickly, took her phone, and bailed. I knew Steve had been killed before I saw his body blood splatter on the wall behind my desk in the office. It had been quick. A single shot to the center of his head. Papers everywhere. We had been ransacked. I didn't have time to mourn. Not yet. I walked over to the exposed brickwork near Steve's desk. I jiggled the brick, three up from the floor in the corner. It finally came loose and I pulled the dark bag out from the inside. Five grand, cash there as planned. The phone I took from my would-be assassin vibrated. Sarah, I hadn't heard from you. Is it done? Sorry, Control. Mission failed. Troy? Now look, this is not what it looks like. Just... The rain was clearing outside. I was in a cheap hotel part of a chain, used a fake ID to book the room, bought a laptop with cash on Tottenham Court Road, the Wi-Fi in the hotel will have to do. I put the USB stick in the machine and started poring over the information Steve had given me, but I had ignored. I should have listened to him. He was right about control. There were plenty of profitable jobs that we just didn't take. Killing an arms dealer or someone who stole VIP's millions was one thing, but jobs that destabilize entire countries, that was another. We were there to keep balance, not set the world on fire. Control had been pushing for more jobs like this, big payers, but at what cost? He was taking jobs that would have me killing other clients, previous agencies that I'd worked for. Control was working to dominate the assassination business. Luckily for me, the late Mr. Bradfield had given me everything I needed to put an end to it all. First, I'd need to go shopping. Riding to the top floor of a plush South Bank apartment, dressed like someone who doesn't belong there. I was in jeans and a t-shirt with a soft baseball cap and tinted sunglasses earbuds in like I'm listening to music and a pizza box. The pizza was getting colder, but that didn't matter. No one would be eating it anyway. Top floor. I made a left, then another. I didn't need to confirm the number. Two heavies in ill-fitting suits were guarding the end door. Steve hadn't failed me. This was the place. The guards straightened up as I casually wandered over, getting closer, passing the other doors. 
Um, pizza for room 828? I think you're mistaken, son. But this is 828, right? Pizza for, um... Uh, hang on... I tried to fiddle with my back pocket, like I was getting the order slip, but still trying to hold the pizza up with the other hand. One of the goons took a step towards me. I said, clear off! As he took a step closer, I threw the pizza box at him with my left hand, pulled the silenced Beretta out of my back pocket with my right, and popped the left goon in the forehead. <laughs> Clinical. The other didn't have time to bat the pizza box away and go for his own gun before I hit him with three quick shots to his centre mass. I walked over and popped him once more in the skull to be sure. I checked the pockets of the goon slumped by the door. He had a keycard. I used it to slip into the apartment. Gun raised. I had to be ready for anything. Steve didn't know the layout of this place. He hadn't been able to give me everything. I was entering blind. Control was sitting at a desk in the study. He hadn't heard the commotion. I'd silently checked most of the other rooms. If someone else was here, I'd have heard them. Control wasn't like I pictured. Older, grey, thin, not powerful at all. He knew who I was straight away. He raised his hands from the laptop. Troy, now look, this isn't what you think, okay? Good afternoon, Malcolm. Uh, how did you know? Your real name? Let's say that Mr. Bradfield was very thorough in his investigations, as always. Look, I don't know what he told you, okay, but... He told me enough. And then you had him killed, which means that you've told me the rest. N now look, this isn't what you think. This was all Steve Bradfield's fault. He shouldn't have investigated me. You know, that's a big no-no in this business. He disagreed with the business choices I was making, and I can't have that. Our business doesn't run if you don't trust... Our business doesn't last if you start planning the assassination of world leaders. Oh, look, but you're thinking too small. Think about the profits of controlling a whole country. Think about the power consolidation in that. Steve was an unfortunate loss. But he broke the rules. He had to go. And so did you. So you'll have to go too, Control. Now, wait, 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 for just one second. Just one second. I, I, I targeted you because I thought you might be in league with Bradfield, but look, now he's gone. Maybe we could renegotiate something new, a better arrangement, one that we can both be happy with. We could learn to, 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 to trust each other again. Think of the money we could make. Goodbye, Malcolm. No, 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 no. Just wait a moment, okay? Just wait. Just, just, just think about what we're doing here. With me gone, your, your, your work is gone. I mean, what, what would you do with your life if you couldn't do this anymore? A, a normal life? You? Seriously? I mean, think about it. But what, what would you do? Honestly, I don't know. Oh. I walked out of the building. Though every professional instinct told me not to, I couldn't help increase my pace with every step closer to the main doors. Just get out of there, out into the streets with all those people, suck in a lungful of air. I just walked. I wouldn't go home just yet. I'd need to be prepared in case there were any last minute surprises there. Though I doubted it. Control, or Malcolm as I now knew he was called, always knew where our offices were but I had taken a lot of trouble to keep my apartments a secret. Tomorrow I'd consolidate my finances, move my money to new, safer places. 
The sun was rising high, a blue sky day. For the first time in years, I felt free. This was it, wasn't it? The plan was to get to a financial position and quit. Well, I'd passed that target several times. Originally, I wanted to make a million, then I'd quit. I'd made a million after two years, so I set it at five million, then ten, then... What was it now? I thought about what Control had said before he died, that I couldn't live a normal life. Maybe he was right. Maybe I couldn't. But I could try, right? See if I could live like normal people? I almost hadn't noticed my phone ringing. Troy! Who is this? It's Black Hand. Long time no speak, brother. So I've heard you're a free agent again. Well, how did you even... I mean... <laughs> hey, news travels fast. You're not dead, so I'm assuming you've done what you needed to do? Yes. Yes, I have. Excellent. Well then, how about making a little money? I've got a client who's having problems with a drug dealer in the West Indies. I'll message over the details, okay? Um, I'm... I'm done with this. Really? Well, if you say so, Troy, I mean, it's your life, right? I'll send over the details anyway. You let me know if you change your mind. No rush. Good to speak to you, my friend. I stood in the middle of the street, phone still in my hand, people brushing past me. I had a chance to be just like them, a chance to get away from everything I'd known. The message from Blackhand buzzed on my phone. I looked at it for the longest time. Then I hit reply. Who needs a normal life anyway? That was First Strike, written by Andy Jones and narrated by the author. This has been a Gold Pictures production. <laughs>